Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. Welcome back to Southeast Radio's Business Matters with me, Carl Fitzpatrick. And now joined in the studio by Jamie Heaslip from Flender. Jamie, good morning and thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. I'm actually very, I'm, I'm very chuffed. You introduced me as just Jamie Heaslip from Flender, so uh, I appreciate that. It, the brand stuff is paying off. <laughs> when you retired from rugby, though, did you find it difficult to leave that part of your life behind? It's always challenging because it, it plays such a big role. But uh, you know, I, I look at like anything. It, it, it's a, it's a chapter in, in, in my story, I suppose. And and it was, a, it was really, really. I had a lot of fun. Had a great time. But in a weird way, like, you know, I, I can proudly stand over the body of work and say that I gave it my all and went all in on it. And that's why I'm not, I didn't find it difficult to step away as such. There's certain things you miss. You're never going to replicate basically, you know, fulfilling your boyhood dream and running out into the field playing for Ireland um, and then being part of some so many successful teams. You're really lucky to be part of that. But I gave it my all. I had a really good run on it. Very proud of that. And and that's why I've no regrets. So that's why I'm 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 happy to to walk away from it. But in terms of the emotional connection, how did you detach yourself from that? Oh well, I mean the sport is pretty brutal in that regard, and and it and it you know you're 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 disconnected from it pretty quickly because you know teams move on and and they don't really linger around and whine over you, um, and and that's the way the business side of it is, and it just moves forward. At what stage in your rugby career did you start thinking about life after rugby and putting a plan in place for it? Yeah, well that that's a pretty easy one for me. Um, about three years into my um, I suppose being a professional, our Players Association came out with a study that basically showed, I think it was like seven, the average career length was seven years in, in Ireland and the UK, it was six years in France. Um, I was three years in, so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm hitting my halfway point. That's when I, I initially started planning, essentially. And right. what did that plan look like? Oh, it's changed over the years. You of know, my, my, my outcome in, or what my outcome want to be or the goal or the setup I want have changed over the years. Um, but I knew a couple of things. I knew I wanted to do something that I was passionate about because I saw what you, you know, if you have passion for something, I saw what you can get from it. So I wanted to have interest in something. So I, I started out by looking at different businesses, doing internships, uh, meeting with different business owners. Um, then I dipped my toe in by by in, investing in one or two. Uh, you know, at first, a restaurant was the very first one I did. We'll never do it again. Um, <laughs> Why but, not? Why not? Well, it's that? a tough business. You know, I, I was lucky. I, I we got out and we didn't lose money on it. Mm. Um, but it's 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 almost like a vocation. And of course, when you finished up with the rugby and a professional end, you then went in and worked in Google for a while. I did, yeah. Um, and I got that exact same look um, <laughs> that you're giving me that most people were like, what? Um, and I had actually done two internships in Google while I was playing. And then an opportunity came up uh, in the summer of 2018 to effectively uh, interview for a role and that was coming up and I ended up there for um, 13 months and, and it was amazing I learned a lot what did um, you learn there? I learned a lot about process and how to approach and solve problems at scale and how did they do it? well I can't give the trade secrets away but did they have a you know a very 
they're one of the biggest companies in the world for a reason. Like they, they, they obviously have a lot of technology there and they have a lot of data and it's how they use the data. But then also the processes in place in terms of how they manage their teams, manage their pipeline, how they manage uh, the relationships, the stakeholder maps, and the whole the whole way they approach business um, and how they manage staff is 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 really really impressive. When you look at a the scale of the company itself, there's eight thousand people in Dublin, but the touch points they have. In, in the marketplace in Ireland, Europe, around the world, that learning of how they do everything at scale is, is impressive. Over the past few years, you've invested in a number of tech startups, including Pointy, Flender and Kitman Labs. What attracted you, Jamie, to those particular companies? I like solving things at scale. And, you know, while I was playing for Ireland, I always said I wanted to leave the jersey in a better place. And what that meant is just kind of like every time you had an opportunity to, to play for Ireland or play for Leinster, um, or train that day or whatever it was whatever you were representing you wanted to do just that little bit better and um, you know I was when I was the, the, the nearer I got to the end of my career you know when I was looking at different businesses to invest in I wanted to get be involved in guys who were solving problems at scale but also they were Irish uh, companies that were doing it and I really think honestly my, my passion is helping Irish SMEs grow because look the, the guys at the top will be fine you know what I mean? But it's it's the Irish SMEs and it's the SMEs in general that are kind of the beating heart of, of this economy. So what's your key skill in business? Depends on what stage I'm helping the business. It's either, it's either open up the network to maybe other investors and, or introduce them to different investors or heads of associations or, you know, different networking opportunities to help them grow and scale in that regard. And so... You, you can look at that but there's also then there's a brand awareness piece so if you partner with them as a, as a brand ambassador trying to bring, help them create noise brand awareness uh, bring them to market and helping with their go to market uh, strategy and then looking at because I'm I call myself a specialist generalist um, you know I've been part of a lot of really good teams I know what a good team looks like and know, what does it look like? like culture is an important part values are an important part purpose is 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 an even more important part, but then also understanding the dynamics of how that works, you know what I mean? And then how you can work together towards the same goal. You might have different roles and attributes and how you bring them together and get them pointed in the same direction. What is the most difficult challenge you've had to overcome in business to date? Well, you know, a really common one is is founders falling out. Um, you know, the guys who come up with a business and then, you know, it starts to get... I always see businesses go through different stages and you need different leaders at different stages, mm-hmm. not too dissimilar to clubs and mm-hmm. or a- any organisation. And it's always seeing how that how to, how to, how to manage that, uh, that dynamic as the company grows and scales and, and could pivot and change. How do you approach one. that when you see it happening? Um, that's a good question, actually. There's no one strategy fits all or cookie cutter cookie cutter type approach to it you you do have to deal with a case by case basis and that's where that like working as a team and and focusing on the end what's the end goal you want to get to what are our, what's our culture and values okay let's base our decision making off that so each culture and value system is different to each team essentially and so therefore like the approach and outcome is 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 different pointy yeah yeah that was recently or reportedly sold for 160 million dollars. Yeah. A nice exit for you. Yeah, look, the 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 guys there Mark Cummins and and the rest of the the, the pointy team have done really really well. Um you know, this is this is the second company that Mark has mm. um sold to Google. I think someone will f- 
fact check this for me i'm pretty sure mark was one of the first people to sell a company to google that was from outside of the us um, and mark was one of those guys where you're like wow this is an incredible idea and it, it even it compounded in my head um, when I this actually in the last 13 months stint in, in Google because you got to see the real battlegrounds that's happening between Amazon, for example, and Google, not just in the search space, but Amazon and the mom and pop shops or, you know what I mean? And, and, and how how that um, landscape of selling, for example, and how you do business in general is, is transforming because of um, the way, you know, uh, technology and infrastructure is transforming businesses and that's why there's this whole digital transformation piece um, going on and, and Pointy were playing a role in in helping um, companies adapt to that. You recently went from being a non-executive investor and brand ambassador with Flender to now holding a full-time role with them as their head of brand marketing. Yeah. Why did you make this transition? Um, I, you know, I knew I wasn't a guy to be part of a big corporate company like Google um, you know and, and I knew that that wasn't for, for me long term and I always wanted to go back to and be involved in one of the business that I invested in because I was passionate about what they were trying to do so um, opportunity came up with Flender um, to get involved with them and we, we talked about it for a while in terms of what type of role would be really effective and, and what that looks like and it was a great opportunity to get involved with him. A lot of really good things are happening, and you'll see over the over the coming months, uh, there'll be some really good pieces of news, and um, that will be happening. But you know, the growth is what really excited me. They've gone from one million of of um, you know business loans in 2017 to four million in 2018 to just under 13 million um, last year. And last month alone, we we did just over two million. When you go to events, you must be inundated with people that want to talk rugby as opposed to talk business and finance. Yeah, they do. They do. But it's really interesting. Like, no problem. There's not much rugby to talk about right now because it's all <laughs> getting called off. But um, it's, it's yeah, I don't mind that part because I do that. You know what I mean? And so I, I have no problem talking about that because I really, like, as, as a rugby fan and a former rugby player, I, I really want to grow that game. And it's actually an interesting topic right now because there's talk of putting the Six Nations behind a paywall, for yeah. example. But what are your thoughts on that, by the way? Um, well, you know, I don't think it's, again, there's going to be some sort of blend, I think, mm. in how they do it. Um, they've got to get the balance right between growing the game and growing the revenue of the game because you need one you can't do one without the other mm. so it's, it's it's a blend there they might do it I, I don't know there's chat of them doing a multi-tier approach to it um, you know you also have the online players coming into it so the OTT offering as well how they approach that to just highlights so they give certain games you know it's again it's a pretty dynamic um, landscape uh, that's unfolding in front of everyone um, so it'd be interesting to see how it goes but in, yeah, people talk. They talk rugby, but you know, then they, then you get in. Then you pretty quickly get into like the transition. You know, I'm out of the game now two years, and you know, I'd be quite vocal that I think it's going to be get harder and harder for players to transition out of professional sports. And Why so? Because they're going into it. They're starting professional younger and younger on average, and um, the game demands. It's a weird paradox. The game it demands so much from you that you need you need to commit to it, but it doesn't give you enough where you finish that you don't, you don't have to worry about your financials, essentially. So Flender <laughs> is a digital lender. How would you define this, Jimmy? We are a 
lending platform that's online essentially and you can upload all your information in terms of the asks that we ha- that we that we re- require and within you know 46 hours we'll give you a yes or a no and if it's a yes in 24 hours um you'll have your money and you know i don't think a lot of pillar banks can can in real actuality do that what's the business model that underpins this we uh, established a credit line of 75 million in Q4 last year, and uh, we have a goal. We've the ability to lend based that brings us to have up to the point of having an ability to lend up to 100 million. We've set the goal of 100 million um, this year because that's what we can do, um, and we are tracking ahead of last year so far, which is great. But yeah, we 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 have a fund from an alternative asset finance company. Um, and and we're looking looking for businesses that are that need it and and they kind of fit our criteria. And what is that criteria? Essentially, um, you know, you got to be trading for at least two years. You got to have positive revenues, uh, up to date balance sheets, accounts. Um, all that information is on uh, Flender.ie. Uh, people can get into it. Um, but that's essentially, you know, if you're a good business and you are trading well. Um, more than likely, we're going to be able to do business with you. And in terms of the process and the documentation that you require, how does that work? All uploaded online. Now, we understand for some people, especially in the SME world, sometimes they need a little bit of help with that, and, and we can help them along with that through our with different um, teams, our originations team. Um, but once it gets uploaded, it's, it's, it's all a pretty fast uh, process. Um, sometimes it's a, you know, some people are a bit like, what's the catch or, you know, what's going on? Because it's very, it, it can be for some people uh, a bit different mm-hmm. than than going to their pillar banks. But if you go to your pillar bank, you know, I think your average now is, is six to eight weeks that you're waiting for them to come back on a, on a yes or a no. And then potentially another two weeks to draw down on that. You know, for an SME, if they're growing and scaling, um, you might not have that time uh, to capture the opportunities. Just on the topic of working capital, the coronavirus is already causing problems for some businesses right across the country. Are you looking at creating a specific product to be able to assist businesses in that respect? Uh, We have a multitude of of, of different products and we have a roadmap as well for more products. You know, right now we're we're a small team, so engineering is... We're constantly loading up engineering with different requests that they can build for us on the platform. But, um, you know, we, we our terms are pretty flexible. We go from six months to three years, up to 300,000 euro. And um, there's no, there's an arrangement fee up front, um, but there's no um, cancellation fees, no early repayment fees, nothing like that, right? So you, what you see is exactly what you get. Um, now, in terms of different products, we can do that in different ways. You've got your term loan. There's a merchant cash advance as well, which is kind of linked to the the, the card machine, which is really popular with uh, retail. You know, essentially, the more you, <clears throat> the, the busier you are, uh, the more you pay off. The less busy you are, the less you pay off. And in terms of interest rates that you're yeah. charging, are you pricing risk? Yeah, we are. We we start at six point four five. And then um, we kind of price risk accordingly, depending on the business. And what's the average interest rate that you're charging? Uh, I, th- I think it's just over 8% is the average. Average loan size is about €100,000. An so, average repayment term is three years? Um, no, I think it's about 24 months is okay. the average. Are you registered with the central bank? No, business to business financing in general is is not regulated, um, and so we're we're no different. We're actually regulated in the UK, uh, funny enough, um, but it, the space here in Ireland uh, isn't regulated. Would you like um, to see it regulated? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Why so? Uh, well, I just think it's it's smart business practice to 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 have that industry um, 
regulated essentially and and we'd be very pro that choice now, I do understand that you personally work off a 30, 60 <laughs> and 90 day plan. Explain your rationale for this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I, I, I now have the, the that's that's sexy Google language, you know, the 30, 60, 90 day plan. But I, I, I always actually did it while playing. So I have this little thing called a passion planner. Came across them a couple of years ago and the McNulty gave me one. And they're great. They... Um, to help you map out like, you know, okay, what goals you want to achieve that year and then you break it down by month. But I used to do it in, in chunks in the season where um, essentially I w- our se- your season is, is cyclical. It kind of, kind of builds up European Cup into internationals, back down European Cup into um, derbies, um, builds, you know, Christmas time then, then builds back up European Cup, Six Nations, and then you're into knockout rugby. So it's, it's quite cyclical. So in the peaks you'd make sure that all you're doing is rugby. So you wouldn't be doing too much sponsorship engagement, commercial engagement, different business type things. And then in the troughs, um, that's when you'd have more time to do things. So, but what I used to do is I used to basically plan per kind of cycle, I used to call them. So you get three or four cycles in the in the year and I'd plan accordingly. And then I used my Olympic rings analogy, which was like I had five rings and then I made sure that I was getting balance in each one of them. And that was like Jamie Inc., rugby, recovery, uh, family and friends, and community. And I just made sure that I had them all kind of um, balanced out uh, in that uh, cycle, essentially. It's clever approach. So, but that was that's how I used it. And then I was in Google and they're like, oh, what's your 30, 60, 90? And I was like, ah, right. <laughs> so there's actually thought process behind this. So then that's what I use now, you know, and, and, and you know, um, I'm kind of halfway through my 30, 60, 90 now. And com- well, coming into my 90 plan now. And, um, you know, we, we've tipped away on a couple of ideas and, and some are ahead of schedule, some are a little bit behind. But, you know, you need to set a target, you need to set a goal and then get into it. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Jamie Heaslip from Flender. And it was a pleasure to hear about Jamie's journey from the pitch to the boardroom. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.